I had a friend share with me that whenever his dad passed, he felt as if, and he said, this sounds crazy, that his dad's spirit had like descended upon him and that he could kind of feel like his personality, his gifts, um, the role that he needed to fill, almost like he was present to him in a different way than he was before. Well, yeah, that does sound a little crazy. There really is something to that. That those that we lose either to death or that move away or go away for a time, we end up imitating that person. Whether it's remembering their jokes, their quirks, their mannerisms. So as to make them present for ourselves, but also to fulfill the role that they had out in the world. That's a real thing. But there's obviously something that's more profound here that happens at Pentecost. That whenever Jesus ascends and then sends down his spirit, and as we heard in the entrance antiphon, the spirit of the Lord now fills the whole earth that Christ ascends and leaves Galilee so that he can be present in all of us and through all of us and with all of us throughout the whole earth. And I want to talk about specifically in this homily the manner in which that happens and how we dispose ourselves to that spirit, that spirit that fills the whole earth in truly making Christ present by imitating him so as to make him present to ourselves, but also to fulfill the role that he desires. As St. Teresa of Avila says, Christ has no hands but yours and no feet but yours. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is the manner in which Christ uh, gives us the completion to live out his very spirit. Um, so if you remember, all the way back in Lent of this year, uh, I'd started with this kind of preaching series on sanctification, where we went through um, overcoming temptation, purifying our intellect, our will, and our appetites through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And then we had gone through interior mortification, that was purifying our imagination, purifying our memory, and purifying our intellect. And the whole idea was that we put on the mind of Christ and we become interiorly transformed. This, we could consider, this homily, is sort of the completion of that spiritual transformation of that journey. The crowning gifts of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? If you were um, reading or familiar with the Old Testament story of Babel, we know that whenever these men come together and want to strive to reach heaven, they all decide that they're going to try to speak the same language and build this tower that will reach up into the sky. There's a problem, though. Is that God does not dwell simply in heaven, but 
have, while heaven is thrown, the earth is his footstool. And by building a tower up into heaven, thinking that you're just going to reach God, is a silly notion. And so what God does is that he turns them around. It would be like in the movie we could otherwise call not as smart and even less smart. Harry and Lloyd Christmas go out on this journey. And Harry and Lloyd end up going all the wrong direction. They have this great desire to go to Aspen. And they don't go there. They go in a totally different direction. And so they must turn around. If only God was there to turn them around so they didn't have to change out their wonderful van for a moped that got 80 miles to the gallon. But that's neither here nor there. It's way over there, actually. It's, it's not close to Aspen. Um, but this is what the gifts of the Holy Spirit do to us. A lot of times we think that we can be the masters of our own sanctification or to think that we can be the captain of our soul. But what the Holy Spirit does is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. It is the spirit of the Father. In a fatherless world, God sends His Spirit so that through the Spirit's promptings, we may have the roadmap. For instance, I'll give you an example. Imagine like you're going out into like the country you know you're you're going out to nina which is like a suburb outside of cecilia which is not even a real place bro bridge is where people get their mailing address right if you type in anything on that google maps to show up to one of their houses the person that's going to live there is going to say okay you're going to try to you're going to type this in google maps but it's really about a mile down the road and then another half mile down this dirt road. That is the manner in which the gifts of the Holy Spirit direct us towards heaven. Because our heavenly home is certainly not Nina or some obscure place, but it is supernatural. It is above our nature. It is something that we cannot obtain by our own efforts which then means that we must rely upon the promptings of the Holy Spirit, which is why, and this is profound and a little scary, all spiritual theologians worth their salt say that salvation is impossible without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is impossible without the gifts of the Holy Spirit because we cannot reach our destination without the Spirit guiding us and vitalizing us to reach that destination. It is supernatural, above our nature. And so, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? This uh, funny story there, was this guy that I went to seminary with um, decided that it was the second retreat that he ever worked, his first retreat, like confirmation retreat in high school, he decided that he was just going to tell his testimony and he didn't have to prepare for it, so then the second talk that he gave, I'm so good at talks, I don't have to prepare for anything. So he gets up, and his talk is on the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and there's all these banners with the seven gifts, and he says, all right, so the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, you've got your wisdom, you've got your counsel, you've got your knowledge, you've got your understanding, you've got your fortitude, you've got your piety, and you've got your fear of the Lord. And without them, 
What are you going to do? End of talk. That was the whole thing. I just thought I'd share that story. But um, that is, I mean, truth. So what are you going to do without them? You're only going to sanctify yourself by your own abilities. What these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit do, sanctify our intellect, our will, and our appetites. While we talked about in Lent doing that by our own efforts, it is the Spirit that acts from the bottom up and the top down, the bottom up inspiring these desires to, to find the Lord, and then governing these desires to find the Lord through these gifts that sanctify every part of our being. And so while that's very theoretical, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for responding to the gifts of the Holy Spirit? It means that, one, we have to have a regular prayer life. I'm going to go back to that example of my friend's dad. He knew that his spirit could like descend upon him and he could imitate him and make him president to the world because he knew his dad. I never knew my great-grandfather. I have no idea what it is to imitate him, to make him present to myself, and to bring him into the world. But if I know the person who is departed so as to send their spirit upon me, then I know what his spirit looks like. We have to have a regular prayer life outside of our active life. But then within our active life and responding to this promise of the Holy Spirit, it means that we don't fill our lives not only with useless noise, but we always have a humble and open disposition, believing what we know to be true from the church that Jesus Christ has revealed, but responding attentively to the duty of the moment in the way in which the Holy Spirit stirs our hearts into good works. We cannot expect the Holy Spirit to be like a good angel while temptation is like a bad angel. We can expect the Holy Spirit to stir up in our hearts the desires to serve Christ in our neighbor, to offer praise, thanksgiving, and adoration to God throughout the day, and to make moments of repentance. That is what we can expect from the Holy Spirit. And to be docile to that. One of the things that can lead us to this mindset of pride is thinking, I've done all the holy things I need to do today, and now I'm going to uh, live for myself. It's very easy to have this mindset. We pray for the church, and then once we're done praying for the church, what do we do? We live for ourselves. If we live in this manner, then we will not be guided by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit leaves his impress upon us. And he is the one that inspires these desires for repentance, adoration, thanksgiving, uh, conversion, and service. And so at this very Mass, there will be three people who will have the impress of the Holy Spirit placed upon them. So that the Holy Spirit may rule and guide them into salvation reminding us to be docile to the spirit that Jesus gives us so that it may fill the whole world.